The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com VoiceAmerica.com welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. Today is going to be a very exciting show because we're going to talk about changing lifestyles to be a much healthier lifestyle. And to talk about that today, we have Dr. Chris Schaefer from um, SchaeferChiropracticCenter.com. Good morning, Dr. Schaefer. Good morning, Cindy. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Are you ready to kick some butt on an hour-long radio show? I am ready. I'm glad. I'm glad. We have a lot of things to talk about today. One of the things I'd like you to define for the listening audience is what is a chiropractic lifestyle? Chiropractic lifestyle is one that includes, number one, getting your spine adjusted. Number two, taking an approach of life from a natural perspective, meaning if nature didn't provide it for us, we need to look at it very, very closely. Uh, it would, the chiropractic lifestyle would include uh, getting uh, proper exercise, drinking water, eating good foods, taking supplements, staying away from things that are harmful to the body, toxins that are harmful to the body, uh, street drugs, prescription drugs, uh, fast food, uh, processed foods, things in packages and cans and boxes as opposed to uh, shopping at the perimeter of the store and getting things that are fresh and actually cooking your food. Well, it's really a healthy lifestyle then. People don't understand, people who haven't been familiar with any chiropractic work I think have sort of a false false understanding or perception of what a chiropractor really does. I think that people who don't know generally think that if you have a bad back or if you have back pain, that's when you go see a chiropractor, and that's really not necessarily the truth, is it? That's not. That is, and I have to admit, that is the bulk of our new patients that come through our office come in with that mindset. And that is not the fault of anybody except for the actual the chiropractic profession itself. We have not done a good job of educating the public as to exactly what it is that we do. One of the differences between, the, say, the chiropractic profession and uh, the dentist profession or the medical profession or other sort of physicianal uh, professions is that we do not have a large, extremely wealthy, very powerful organization that lords over us to dictate exactly how we do every single thing we do in the office. Uh, when you go to a medical doctor, there's protocol for everything. If you come in and you have uh, left-sided chest pain and, and pain going down your arm, every doctor is going to do pretty much the same thing. He's, he's thinking it's a heart attack. So he'll do pretty much the same thing. You go to a chiropractor and you say, I've got this going on. If you go to 100 chiropractors, you are likely to experience about 100 different approaches, different looks of offices, different ways of doing things. It's extremely individualized. And so... So that's the, that's the good side of that. The, the downside of that is that we do not have a lot of money to tell the public exactly what it is we do. So the, what, how we work is on a grassroots level. Now that, in the past, worked very, very well because the majority of the chiropractors got into the profession not to make money because there was not money to be made in the profession early on. They got into the profession to help people. All right. Listen, but is that that's not necessarily a bad thing? I mean, not being overly, um, you know, overly corporatized, for lack of a better description, because then you're not held back either by some of the rules and regulations that might be 
harmful to patients in America. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. And if we were to put all of our money into a large organization, who am I going to give my money to to dictate how they're going to explain to the public what I do as an individual chiropractor? So even though there is that, that bit of an issue, uh, I don't really see a big, a, a easy way of getting around that. I think what the chiropractic profession as a whole needs to do is to step up and begin to educate the public uh, outside of their office and within their office about what they do. I think that's very true. One of the things that I've noticed over the years is even though, again, you don't have this strong, you know, lobbying or, you know, organizational arm that dictates rules and regulation and that might be, you know, governmentally connected, is that you all are trying to put together marketing materials. I know that there are certain tapes that chiropractors like to use that patients now have to sit and watch before they go through the process so that people themselves at least understand, you know, what chiropractic medicine is. So I would suggest, since this is a public relations show, I think perhaps, you know, as a loosely organized group, maybe stepping it up, you know, and I'm talking to all chiropractors, not just you, you know, but Absolutely. You, know, you, could, you could take a leadership role in this, and that could be very beneficial as well, um, to perhaps not just do the in-office kind of education that everybody seems to be, you know, using as a tool these days, but, you know, to maybe perhaps have a public relations campaign, because obviously there's not that kind of money, and nor would you want that kind of money to go into millions of dollars in advertising, but, you know, sort of a public education program that goes beyond the videotape that you're showing in the doctor's office. Absolutely. There's a, there's a lot of ways that that can be done, and you've seen this happen successfully in business in many, many times. Um, I read a book about a, 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 a man that uh, took over Pilot Pen. I can't remember his name, but a very funny, interesting, intelligent man. And he's, they, they brought in a new pen into their, their line of pens, and he sold them by going door-to-door and he was the president of the company at the time. He took his pens door-to-door, store-to-store, and sold those pens grassroots. And it took off. And that was the, the pilot pen, the famous pilot pen. Right. And that's how he got that up and going. Now, the, for the chiropractic profession to, uh, to continue to do what they're doing and to, and to take that to the next level, that's what we're going to have to do also. Um, in our long-term plans in our office, one of the things that we are doing is we have – Things already set in motion to do talks outside of the office, in corporations, in small groups, just to get out and just to talk to folks and just let them know exactly this is what we do. This is the danger of the world that we live in, and it is a dangerous world. Don't let, you know, the marketing firms fool you. There's dangers out there, and it is, it's a stressful, toxic world, and this is what we do, and, uh, and we feel that if you follow our lifestyle, your life will be better. And a lot of people agree with us. Well, I think that, you know, in many ways, um, I, I, you know, I bring up what I brought up before, which is unfortunate. A lot of people have to go to you because they're in pain. <laughs> and I think that there has to be a better education process. And it's not only, you know, from, you know, it, it's not only a public education. It's like when people go to see other kinds of doctors for other kinds of ailments, I think that other kinds of doctors have to wisen up and talk about other preventative measures after a person goes through a trauma, and they don't. And they don't, and there's some very good reasons for that. One of it is, is it for, and I think you're mostly talking about the medical profession, because that's, for most people, that's the, the gateway of care. 
uh, for any anything that most people are experiencing. And they have a set protocol. It is not in their protocol that if you go to a medical doctor with low back pain and they've injected you three times with cortisone and they've given you muscle relaxants, painkillers, and anti-inflammatories and you've been on them for five years, they still is not in their protocol to say, you know what, maybe this isn't working maybe you should think about doing something alternative. That is not in their protocol. As a matter of fact, if they do do that, the AMA, which is their lording organization... Right. we all know the American Medical Association. Yeah will, yeah, will not protect them in court. Well, that's, you know, and that's where we get all into bureaucratic garbage, and it's really upsetting. I mean, it's not only, you know what, it's not only, quote, unquote, an alternative consideration, however, I mean... You know, what What I'm seeing is people get injured, I mean, really bad. You know, you talk about it in, you know, chiropractic education, you know, childhood injuries. You know, a kid falls off a tree and, you know, who knows what this kid did to their tailbone for life. I mean, you just don't know. People don't know what the long-term repercussions are. Um, you know, you have a roller skating fall and you're like, oh, my God, I really hurt my side, but then it goes away. But what's really happening to the bone impact that's affecting the rest of your nervous system and, you know, your spine and the rest of your body? And what happens is it seems to manifest itself maybe perhaps 10 years later if it's one of those, you know, oh, it went away kind of fall. And, you know, if people don't anticipate what can happen and doctors don't tell people what can happen, physical therapists don't talk about it, orthopedists don't talk about it, general practitioners don't talk about it, how are, you know, how are people going to go and try to prevent this? That is a good question. Now, if, you're, if, you're, if you are the type of individual that is going to be seeking through the medical profession first, that is not going to happen. The main the main paradigm difference between the medical way of thinking and the chiropractic way of thinking is that the medical para- para- the medical way of thinking is by definition allopathic. Allopathic means that if you have uh, an inf- an inflammation in your body, they will give you an anti-inflammatory, regardless of what's causing the inflammation. If you have an acidic stomach, they're going to give you an antacid, regardless of what caused the acidic stomach. If you have, you see where I'm going with this? I do, I do. Whatever whatever symptom they have, they're going to give you something that reverses the symptom. And you know what? Listen, Dr. Schaefer, we have to take a commercial break. Sorry for cutting you off. We will come back in a few minutes, and we'll hear more about the chiropractic lifestyle. You got it. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. Festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment.com. That's R-A-K-N 
R O L L Entertainment.com or call 1 818 597 0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Did you do your homework today? Relationship Homework is a program about working with others in the home and in the workplace. Relationships with others are vital in getting work done. You'll learn guidance and reclaim the power to expand your capacity to take effective action in your relationships at home and at work. Each program will include a weekly homework assignment to take back and implement over the following week. Join host Udall DeOlio for Relationship Homework every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back with Stars of PR, and we're here with Dr. Chris Schaefer, SchaeferChiropracticCenter.com. And we are talking about the frustrations with the lack of education about chiropractic medicine. And I know that that's one of your favorite topics, doctor. Yes, it, is. <laughs> it, it seems like, you know, it's, it, it's just so wrong. And you and I have discussed many times that I personally get incensed when bureaucracy, um, pro, it, it gets in the way, it intervenes with being healthy. And it seems that's what happened in America today. It's happened, and there's there's so many explanations for that. But a large large portion of this is the the um, uh, the corporate uh, world that we live in now, and a lot of this has to do with 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 the the hospitals themselves, the insurance companies themselves, the the, the companies that 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 work through the met, the uh, the healthcare profession are so large, and a lot of people don't understand that these are businesses, and by by congressional law, a corporation cannot do anything. They cannot have any sort of procedures laid down in their, in their, uh, in their procedures of how they do business that will not create revenues. A corporation can't even donate money to a, to a nonprofit organization if it cannot prove that donating that money improves their image in society and, and, and allows people to uh, do business with them easier and more comfortably. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that have to do with that, but a lot of it is that the, the corporate themselves, the bureaucracy, the large companies, these are, are aircraft carriers that you, you can't parallel park. These are big companies, 
change happens so, so slowly. And you see this in the medical profession. You see that a drug goes through, it kills people, and nothing happens for quite a while. I mean, they've, they've been vaccinating kids and giving them autism for, for years, and a news, a news about it just popped up into mainstream news, you know, what was that, about two months ago, about the kid that got the, the vaccine shot and then ended up with autism right off the bat. That's not an unusual story. What kinds of, you know, just give us some, share with us some information, you know, for those that don't know, what kind of vaccines or required vaccines can have the effect of autism? One is there are no required vaccinations. This is, this is, a, uh, this is a myth. This is an urban legend. You do not have to vaccinate your children. And if you're thinking, well, I have to to get them into public school, that's not true either. I'm the youngest of six. I went through, uh, all through went completely all the way through public school, as did all my brothers and sisters. None of us got vaccinated. None of us got immunized. Well, wait a second. I mean, from what I remember, you know, from having my own kids and even myself, I mean, I couldn't even... Particularly in New York City, I, you know, there was no way that I could even go to school if I didn't have the required vaccines. I mean, you know, at the time before smallpox was eradicated, it was required, and if we didn't have a smallpox vaccine, we couldn't go to school. I mean, I, you know, so I don't understand how you could really beat those stringent rules and regulations. When my daughter went to school here in LA, um, what, what you do, Cindy, is you take that piece of paper that you signed that said that you did get it vaccinated, or, or your doctor signs it, I forget, I'm not sure how that works, you flip that paper over, on the back side is a waiver that says if for religious or personal reasons you do not want to vaccinate your child, all you have to do is sign that, and, and they can't refuse you into school. Okay. But, it's, you know, I think that's, you know, I, I, I just never heard that that I, was possible before. I know. I know. Nobody will tell you that. The, the schools themselves... This is, again, the schools are a business also. We live in a business world, and people uh, kind of forget that, that every part of our society is a business. Even the school system themselves is a business. For, for the kids that, that, that come into their school that, get, that, that have these vaccinations, they get, they get resources from the companies that produce these. Also, if you get a kid that uh, has ADD and they're on Ritalin, the school gets special money for that because they're considered special education children. They're considered troubled children or difficult children to deal with and, or disabled children. That's the word. So they're considered disabled. So they will get money from the government to have the kids in school on Ritalin. Well, that's, well, that's you con- know, that's a huge conflict of interest. Well, it is a conflict of interest, but, you know, the downside of all of this, too, and this is what concerns me a little bit, you know, if you don't have, you know, you know, there's a measles vaccine for a reason, and that's because there can be epidemics. So, you know, what happens if a kid, you know, doesn't take the measles vaccine and then all of a sudden gets measles somehow, some way? Yeah, this is a tough, tough thing. Um, and what they've, what they've shown is that, especially with that measles vaccine, the only people that get measles are the people that are getting the vaccinations. I think for the listeners that are listening to this, this is a huge very detailed topic that will probably blow the minds of a lot of people that hear this and think, wait a minute, I'm supposed to get my kids vaccinated. I vaccinated all of them. I was vaccinated, you know, but your grandparents weren't vaccinated and, and, their, and your great-great-grandparents weren't vaccinated. This is a relatively new thing, and there's a lot of great resources and a lot of great books. I think if someone is really interested in that, they really need to look into this because there's a lot of information about this, and this is such a huge personal decision for somebody because we're dealing with their kids. 
that it has to be their decision, and they have to say, you know what, this is this is not necessary. This is and, and dangerous. Uh, so there's a lot of books out there and a lot of websites, and there's so much information about this. And autism, if you follow autism in itself, this is this has been the biggest blatant uh, uh, result of the vaccines. There are, I mean, I, I forget how many. I think it's 12 now within the first three years of life into into your new newborn baby. Mm-hmm. Since they've been doing that, since they've been doing as they increase the vaccines, the number of uh, autistic children per capita keeps climbing up, and it's linear. It's actually linear. Every time they add a, add, add a drug to it, it goes up. They add another drug, it goes up. They add another drug, it goes up. And if you if you if that happens to you and to your child, and the child dies or gets autism or some other um, cerebral palsy, all these other things that can happen from vaccines, if that happens, you cannot sue the insurance the uh, the manufacturer of that. Directly, you can't you can't touch them. You can't call them. You can't mail them. You cannot contact them. The government has set aside money that these companies pay into to pay off these people who have de- who, whose kids die and get autism. Well, I, you know, I think they that know, autism... they know ahead of time this is going to happen. By the way, Voice America, Voice America's um, network has a show about autism, so I think there's a lot of interest here. We we cover. We cover it a lot, so you're not talking about something that our listeners, you know, aren't familiar with. And, um, you know, there's a lot of frustrations with autism, but that's another show and another time. I mean, particularly what the government does to provide, you know, try to provide special education for people with autism and ADD and these kinds of, you know, quote-unquote learning disabilities and not integrating them with mainstream children and putting them, casting them aside, which creates all of its own problems. Oh, yeah. You know, so we're very, very familiar with that. But, okay, you know, so this is very depressing. I mean, and Michael Moore, who I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with and probably are a fan of, certainly brings us to light in a lot of his documentaries. Yes, he does. Um, it's the corporate conspiracy in America, and people just let it go, and there's a lot of frustration because people don't know how to get past it. We certainly see it when we see commercials now, or prescribed drugs on television, and I have to tell you, that's probably the most dangerous form of marketing that I've ever seen in my life, because now people are seeing, if you can't sleep, you know, a butterfly goes over your head and take, you know, Lamester or Ambien, and um, you could, you too could have a good night's sleep. So what do people do? They see this advertisement, they go to their medical doctors because they can't get it over the counter, and they say, you know what, I can't sleep. I really need to have, I really need to have a prescription for Ambien. And then what happens, doctor? Well, well. First, the first problem with that is that why can't you sleep? Is anybody asking you why you can't sleep? Doc, I can't sleep. Oh, here you go. Here's a drug. Now, there's reasons why you can't sleep. So the the the, the core issues, the core the core physiological malfunctions of the body that's disallowing you to sleep properly is not going to change because you're on drugs. Now, and once you take that drug, every drug has an average of 32 side effects. 32 side effects. Now, if you take that drug, sooner or later, it's going to kick one of those side effects up to a point that you need to take another drug for the side effect. That drug has another side effect, especially when you add two drugs, it becomes even more complex. The more drugs you add on top of the stack of drugs and stack of drugs, that's why somebody a lot of times will go to a doctor and they'll, they'll get one or two drugs. A couple of years later, they're on three and then four and then five. My mother started on two drugs. 
By the time she, she threw all those drugs away one day, she was up to double digits. And she couldn't keep track of them because drugs, as you know, get you a little spacey, and she couldn't keep track of her drugs. And so you got the underlying problem that has not changed at all, and then you put this very toxic and very powerful drug into your, into your body with all these side effects. Sixty percent of all drugs are given to counteract the side effects of the first 40 percent. Most prescribed drugs are just for the side effects. Well, it's, um, you know, you and I have discussed prescribed crack addicts in America. And then you said, worse than. <laughs> and, and what was that? And then you said, worse than. <laughs> worse than crack addicts. <laughs> oh, worse, yeah. yeah well, but because people think that it's okay. People think that they can take Vicodin and, and Percocet and all these very powerful drugs. Even drugs that are not narcotic drugs still space your brain out. They still make you a little fuzzy in the brain. So people think it's okay to take all these narcotics and all these drugs. You know, Ritalin is, is a class 2 narcotic. More kids take Ritalin without a prescription because they're buying it from their friends than, than the actual prescription itself. So these, these drugs are very powerful. And then people feel okay getting behind the wheel and driving. And they feel they get pulled over and somebody says something, and they're like, hey, it's okay. I got a prescription. Yeah, you, well. It's still dangerous. I mean, they're endangering others as well. Yeah, I mean, you and, know. And, they're, and they're highly addictive. Everybody knows about Rush Limbaugh. You know, he he said all this about you know drugs are drugs are bad, drugs are bad, drugs are bad, drugs are bad. The whole time he was high as a kite on on multiple prescription drugs from multiple doctors. Listen, we have to talk more about this in the next segment, and you know this is the pet subject matter of mine. So mm-hmm. we're going to take a commercial break, and then we're going to come back to Dr. Chris D. Schaefer. Excellent, thank you. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties, festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L, entertainment.com, or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. The ability to wield power, shape the environment and the outcome, and the desire to make things happen are essential characteristics of all great leaders. Explore the essence of leadership from an insider's point of view on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio, international coach, consultant, and advisor to leaders for over 20 years. Get the unvarnished, inside story on how leaders in the spotlight take the critical decisions that deliver exceptional, real-world results and why they sometimes spectacularly and publicly fail as well. Tune into Leadership Intuitions for a behind-the-scenes look at what gets great leaders up in the morning and what keeps them
them up at night. Go beyond the conventional advice about what great leaders are and what they do. And learn how to create your own personal legacy as a leader. Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio broadcasts each Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions. Power. Achievement. Relationships. If you want to put the pep back in your step, Chad Lafferty says just what you're looking for. Dance is life. Life is dance. It's only about dance. It's about moving through life with style, gaining awareness of the never-ending, ever-flowing movement that accompanies all of life's activities. Dance is life. Life is dance. Broadcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Radio Network. Be sure to tune in and tap into the limitless healing that dance can provide. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Now back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're, we're back on the Internet's number one talk radio sh- station with Dr. Chris Schaefer, and we're talking about um, prescribed drug addicts, which are really pretty dangerous. And I think the point about prescription drug addicts is they think everything's okay because it was prescribed by a doctor and it's legal and they have a prescription. So, you know, I could be whacked out on Vicodin and driving my car and kill six people, but that's okay. You know why? Because my doctor prescribed it to me, right? That's absolutely true. As a matter of fact, I've had to change the way I've asked my patients about their medications. I used to ask them, are you taking any drugs? And they would say, no, 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 no. And then somewhere down the line, they'd, they'd mention a drug that they were taking. And I said, you told me that you weren't taking any drugs. And she said, oh, I'm not taking any drugs. That's a medication. Well, but that's what people see, but that's how people are programmed to think, and that's what you and I spoke about at the very beginning of the show, and this is why your patients have to be aware when you're giving them a cassette of this broadcast because it's, um, you know, I think, you know, you ask the question. People assume because of the way that they're programmed that a prescribed drug is not a drug. When you say, do you take drugs, they think you're asking them, do you smoke marijuana, do you do cocaine, are you, you know, anything that might be deemed illegal, you know, in their minds is a drug. And, um, you know, particularly for the baby boomers who, you know, aren't as Internet aware as some others, um, and I think that's really scary. I mean, you know, you and I have discussed how scary it is to be in a drugged America. And, you know, it's like um, the Will Smith movie, I Am Legend. You know, people get a virus and they turn into these rabid zombies. And I don't think that's really that far from the truth. It's, no, I don't, I don't think it's all that far from the truth either. Uh, we, we have been brainwashed. I, I, I explicitly remember a uh, commercial, and it was for Dynatap. The purple, that purple uh, syrup that you give your kid if he's got a cold. Yeah. And this, the commercial started with a black and white, black and white scenery, and the mother looked very distressed, and the child looked like very distressed, and he was sick. And uh, and then the commercial said, oh, "It's okay, I'm going to give you some Dynatap." So she pours the Dynatap into the spoon. Everything else is black and white except for the Dynatap, which is glowing purple. Yeah, yay, like coloring books. Yeah, yay, it's purple. <laughs> this is going to be yummy. So he takes it, and instead of what most kids do, go, ooh, he smiles and, 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 and just gets this warm look on his face, 
the very next scene, she's on the telephone in the kitchen, full bright sun, sunshiny color color screen, and he's running around the, the, the kitchen table, and he and she says, "Oh no, no, he's fine. I gave him some Dynatap." It's like he's having an epileptic seizure, but that's okay. <laughs> oh my God! Holy cow! That stuff is not safe. It's not you know. Advil used to advertise as safe and effective, but the FDA, which doesn't do this very often, finally had to break down on them because of public because of uh, public uh, outcry on this. They were they were advertising as safe and effective. Advil kills tens of thousands of people every year. They Advil more people die from Advil than all illegal drugs combined. That's How do they Advil. die? What happens? Liver failure, kidney failure. This stuff is very toxic. Okay, so is it because is a kidney absorbing something that that it's not supposed to be absorbing, or you know, is it is the Advil preventing a person from feeling signals that they should feel? Well, that's that's a part of it, but that's not the most dangerous part. The most dangerous part is that when you eat something from nature, the body is designed to deal with it. Even even toxic things in nature are not nearly as bad as artificial thing, artificial toxins. So we have natural toxins, and then we have man-made toxins. Now, uh, natural toxins, the, the, the way the body deals with it, it goes into the liver. The liver uh, changes it if it has to, encapsulates it, it processes it, it, make, it basically packages it for the kidney, drops it back into the bloodstream, it goes to the kidney, and then the kidney takes it out to the urine. Now, the problem with uh, medications and, and man-made things is that they, what they usually have done is they'll take a natural thing, um, like Vicodin is from, ooh, I can't remember the, the, the actual, the actual uh, flower it's from, but what they usually do is they'll take... An opium-like plant, I'm sure. An opium-like plant. <laughs> yeah. And, and they'll, they'll take that plant, and they'll take it, and, they'll, and they'll, they'll, they'll molecularly configure and change it, and when they do that, the molecular look of this becomes very jagged. And when it goes through the tubules of the kidney and goes through the tubules of the liver, it actually scrapes the tubules and causes sclerosis. This is called renal sclerosis and, and hepatic sclerosis. That's how you die from drugs, mostly, is that this, uh, it's a slow process, but if you stay on these for a long period of time, your, your liver will begin to shut down and your kidney will begin to shut down. And you don't know because enzymes do not start showing problems with your liver, for instance, until 40% of it is broken down. You could be at 39% and of complete shutdown of your liver, which is an extremely vital organ, and you would not know it. What would a, what would a general practitioner say to you right now in a debate if you were to bring up this medical fact? He would, he would basically say one, from what, I, from what I can tell, their main argument is the argument of benefit versus risk. So if you have diabetes and they're going to give you insulin, uh, they're saying that the, the, the risk of taking the insulin is lower than the risk of not taking insulin. And in that, in that situation, that's a pretty good argument. The insulin itself is very, very close to uh, the body's insulin. Morphine, for instance, is very close to endorphins in our body. So the body actually handles morphine very, very well. It handles insulin very, very well. But if you have a headache or you have a back pain or you have uh, high blood pressure, for instance, that's a, that's a huge one. More people are, are dying from the actual drugs themselves than from the heart disease that, that, that they're trying to take it from. This is a very, this is a very dangerous, these are very dangerous drugs. The, 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 the pharmaceutical company that makes um, 
uh, make that makes these companies has patents that makes these drugs has patents uh, for this for the drug. Um, it's early in the morning. I can't remember the name the name of the drug. What's the what's the big blood pressure drug? Uh, I, well, I certainly don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember either. Okay. I can't believe I can't remember it. But it, but it's okay. But there's there's uh, what it does is it it damages the heart, believe it or not, because it reduces the body's coenzyme Q10, which is very very important for muscle health. Now they have a patent to put the put coenzyme Q10 in the drug with it, so that that does not happen. They do this in Canada, they do it in Europe, and they do this in Asia. All the drugs out there in, in those parts of the world put the coenzyme Q10 in it because it's because of the danger of it. Here in America, they have the patent to do it, but they don't do it because they also sell the pain pills that that their drug creates. See what people don't understand about the medical the, that the pharmaceutical profession or all these professions is that. It's you know it sounds like a corporate conspiracy you said earlier and and it does it but it's it's actually simpler than that these are corporations who are thinking about money and it's only about money when they're that huge and these are huge companies and all they're really thinking about is the bottom line how much we need to make more money for our profit for our shareholders so the, everything they do is a biz, is a business decision well and also because they have all of this money they could pay lobbyists to you know. Um to to make government officials happy and to poo-poo some of the down effects. When you have money, you can really do anything, can't you? Well, how do you explain Fenfen? How do you explain Celebrex and Vioxx? I was at a friend's house and a commercial popped up, and they were advertising three drugs that they have lawsuits with against the pharmaceutical companies. Three drugs. And this is in... It was actually, And that commercial was actually in the same run of commercials that had a drug ad in it. So you got a drug on it that says, here, take this drug. And then a few commercials later, they got a commercial from an, from a, from an attorney who says, if you've taken any of these drugs, then call us because you probably have a lawsuit on your hands because, because of the danger of these things. And so what we're seeing is, that the, 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 is the agenda. Um, I've, I've gone through a People magazine before, and in the beginning you see uh, cigarette ads, and at the end you, you see, uh, you know, uh, like the patch and the gum and things like that. It's like you, you kind of see the cycle that they're creating. And so they're going to give you something that's going to cause a problem, but that's not a problem because they have something to sell you for the problem. Well, it's um, it's really an endless pit of oh. creating a drug-induced America. Let's have zombies that, zombies that could spend their money and put Band-Aids on their problems rather than resolving the problems, and it's just really sickening. Now, I, you know, I have to say that there are some doctors, medical doctors, that are a little bit more aware of this and, you know, a little bit more holistic in their approach. And thank God for them. I just wish that there are so many more doctors that are not. <laughs> it's, it's, not the, it's not the doctors in the trenches. It's the generals that are the problem. It's the army. It's, it's, it's the – I've met a lot of these medical doctors, and they're, 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 no, they're not bad people. I mean, they're not conspiracy people. They're not in there thinking, oh, my God, I can't wait to get the next person in here so I can drug them up. You know, it's they're they're not like that. They're normal everyday people, just like just like me, uh, who 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 are doing the best they can with what they can do. Their hands are tied. They can't tell people. I had a, a, a patient that came in who was who was getting headaches before she came into me, and she kept on going back to the doctor and kept on going back to her, and he was giving her drugs. And then when that didn't work, he tried a number of drugs and it didn't work. And he finally looked at her and said, "said Stop drinking the diet coke." And she said, sure. "What?" She, she said, "Stop drinking the diet coke. It's, ca- it's, it's causing your headaches." No, it was the it was the um, NutraSweet. 
and it's it cause it's very it's very very common to cause headaches. And she said the diet coke, and she said yeah. And she said, why didn't you tell me this early? She said he leaned over to me and said, I can't tell you why, and I didn't even tell you this. Wow. Don't drink the Diet Coke. And she said she stopped drinking the Diet Coke, and the headache went away. This was after four different drugs that he had given her that didn't work. Finally, he said, stop drinking the Diet Coke. Yeah, because he, you know, it was a sin to not give her another drug, I guess. It was out of the protocol, and once you get out of that protocol, you're on your own. No, it's um, no, it's very, very upsetting, and that's why people really should consult with chiropractors a little more and understand that they're not just back pain doctors. They're really, you know, they're sort of alternative medical advisors. You know? Absolutely. And I, and I think that's really important for people to realize, well, listen, we have to take one more commercial break, then it's your last segment. I told you this show goes really fast, doesn't it? Does. it? Really. Okay, well, listen, let's take that break. We'll be right back with Dr. Chris Schaefer. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties, festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L entertainment.com. Or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions. We do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. We all know that somebody. They are always in a great mood, always smiling, always getting exactly what they want. What if that somebody could be you? Let Andrea with an I help you find your personal bliss every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America channel. Explore the endless possibilities of using the law of attraction through faith, trust, and support. Tune in Wednesdays to Ask Andrea, the law of attraction in action on the Voice America channel. In a culture obsessed with the perfect body, men, women, and especially teens are constantly battling with body image and overlooking the one true thing that could set them free. Breaking Free with Sarah Maria is a timely talk radio show that will help you find a way to love your body and yourself just the way you are. Breaking Free will empower you to unleash your potential and create the life of your dreams. Tune in to Breaking Free with Sarah Maria every Thursday at noon on the East Coast, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America channel and start loving you for who you are. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. 
Call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now let's get back to more Stars of PR. Here's your host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back in this very important educational production of Stars of PR with Dr. Chris Schaefer. What's your website, Chris? www.schaeferchiropracticcenter.com. Well, there you go. You see, after I'm on the show with somebody, even a doctor, I call them by their first name. It's sort of a, you know, a privilege that I have from being a broadcaster. <laughs> Get to be on a first name basis with people. But um, so, listen, we were talking about, you know, this, um, you know, this ailment in America, which is, you know, um, prescription drug addicts. What is it like worldwide? Do you have any idea? I mean, you know, people around the world are they more you know, cognizant of this, and, you know, do the, do the drug pharmaceutical companies have as much power? Do the governments have more power? Do you have any idea? We are a unique animal in America. It is not like this around the world. Um, anywhere you go, you're not going to see what you see here. In, in America, I know in our area, out here in the San Fernando Valley, out, outside of Los Angeles, you can see either a small pharmacy or a large pharmacy like Walgreens, or Rite Aid, on Reseda Boulevard, there is between Ventura and uh, Nordoff, there is eight large pharmacies, eight, not even including the little, you know, individually owned ones. There's eight, CVS, Rite Aid, Walgreens, eight of them. Oh, my God, how many do you actually need? And you go in there, and there's, there's people in there. And so it's because there is a demand for that business. They are all over the place. When I went to Italy, there was two things that I noticed. One is I, didn't, I, I never saw a hospital the whole time I was there, and I was there for two weeks. And I went from uh, Rome all the way up to Venice. And I never saw a hospital, and I never saw a pharmacy. And I never had the opportunity to actually get into that with uh, any of the local people that lived there, and I wish I had. That's one of my regrets of that trip, because that's with such a huge curiosity to not see any of that. So to come from a place where you see eight large pharmacies and multiple small ones on one street, to go into a country where I visited all the major cities from, from the middle of the country all the way up and never saw a hospital or a pharmacy. And when you, when you go, when you get on the computer and you start looking at these things about how many pharmacies, how many, how many drugs are sold throughout the world and things like that, we by far sell more than anybody else. In America, we spend more money on, on, on the, the medical profession than we do on education, entertainment, or food. We spend more money, we give more money to the pharmaceutical industry or the, the medical industry as a whole than we do to the food industry which sounds really, really strange to a lot of people. But what some people don't know is that there's people that spend a whole, there's a lot of money being spent. And some people have a hard time seeing that, you know, but that's an absolute truth. We spend more money than any of those things, and nobody in the world can say that. No other country in the world can well, say that. What is Italy doing differently? We know they eat lots of pasta. We're watching TV. <laughs> We're watching TV, and eventually the rest of the world's going to catch up because the rest of the world's becoming Americanized. Yeah, you know, much, sure. much to their chagrin, you know, they just can't resist the, the, the money that comes with capitalism. And so it's, I believe that it's television, and we're watching television. When you watch television, the reason why people watch it is because it's not so much the entertainment, it's because the amusement of television. The by comfort level, it's buzz in the background, it's a distraction. Yeah, and by the, by the, def, by the amusement by definition means without thought. 
And so you watch television to get amused. You watch TV to tune out, to tune out, to get away from life, to get away from stresses, and go into like a little bit of a fantasy world. And we kind of go into this, 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 this zero thought process. We're just watching TV and we're absorbing these commercials. And these commercials tell us what to do. Every time Christmas time comes around, there's always big red bows on cars, on commercials. And it's and then people go out and buy them. You know, there's diamond diamond uh, commercials come out at, at very very specific times of the year. You know, there's more there's more during Valentine's Day that the the diamond industry just starts pumping out these commercials. Every kiss begins with what? Everybody knows begins with K. <laughs> you, you know, and I saw a commercial one time about a, a couple, and they were in they were in Venice, Italy. And he uh, and he he yelled out, "I love this woman! I love this woman! I love this woman!" And she got embarrassed. She tried to shut him up. And then he reached into his pocket and pulled out a, a diamond ring. She opened up the box. She smiled. She gave him a hug and a kiss. And she yelled at the top of her lungs, "I love this man! I love this man! I love this man!" It seems like a nice, cute, witty little commercial. But what it's really telling telling men is that it's not okay to ex- to exclaim your emotions to to about your woman in public. But you can give her something with monetary value, and that's great. Well, it's uh, and, and people don't see that when they when they watch that commercial. Well, you know, I I think that you know there are scholars that actually analyze this. Marshall McLuhan is one of the great media analysts. You know, the media is the message, and you know, I think that you're right. I think that America has become very very obsessed with TV programming and commercial programming, and perhaps. You know the transition to the internet, yay, Voice America, Internet Radio, um, and you know being able to tailor things that you know don't have this larger marketing agenda might be a positive thing. I think it is a positive thing. I think the more time people spend online as opposed to on TV, online it's interactive. You're changing websites, you're reading things. You're like, oh, this looks good. Let's, let's click on this. You're actually involved in it. On TV, you're not involved in anything. You're a sponge just absorbing whatever they're feeding you. And you can see what's happened to the course of, you know, since commercials have really changed. Welcome to America. We're all drug coma sponges. <laughs> yeah, we're drug coma sponges. And, and, and we see it. And people, and, it, and it's, so, it's such a reflex that if someone gets a headache, they just pop whatever they got. They don't think about why they have it. No, it's it's very very true, and I and I think people should really um, contact their local chiropractors, or certainly go into you know your website SchaeferChiropracticCenter.com to learn more about it. It's not just about you know fixing pain; it's about a different approach to life and really owning your body and not having commercial entities program your body. And you know it's um, you know it, it's. It's just so important. Well, listen, we have four more minutes left in the show. I wanted to ask you, we, I know that you're very interested in the social sciences. What made you choose being a chiropractor as a career? Was it because of your interest in social science and questioning authority and all of the values that the United States of America were built upon? Somewhat. The real, the, the real experience that, that uh, brought me into this profession was when I was 13 years old. I came from an unusual family. I was the youngest of six, all born at home, never immunized, never vaccinated. None of that happened. My mother thought that uh, chiropractors were downright quacks and, chiro- and medical doctors were drug pushers and butchers. These were her words. And when I was 13 years old, she started getting just physically weak and physically ill. She got so desperate to a point where she actually went to a medical doctor who gave her a couple of drugs. 
Well, two became four, and four became many more, and eventually she had so many she couldn't keep up. At this point in time, she was bedridden. She got so frustrated, she threw all the drugs away, and she told me to call my friend's father, who was a chiropractor. She, she said, honey, call the quack. Those are exactly what she said. Sure. And so I called, and he came over, and he brought a table over, and he started taking care of her, and he saw her almost every day for a month until she finally was able to start to move on her own. Six months later, she was back to work. That was, what, 25, 20, 27 years ago now, and she still sees him once a week. And that was the experience because me, as a fa- me and my family as a whole were seeing, were seeing the health of my mother go downhill. She was on a downward spiral. Yeah, and the quote-unquote quack saved her life. But here's a question. Why don't you tell everybody in America and the world why, you know, what your education requirements are so they really understand? Oh, sure. Uh, just to get into chiropractic college, it took, uh, it took quite a few units. I think it was uh, 80 units. You had to have uh, two two years of physics, two years of uh, had you had physiology, uh, chemistry, um, biology. There was quite a few quite a few in there, and then after that, this, the chiropractic college started at seven a.m. and it ended at three o'clock. And I did that for uh, three years and eight months before, and then uh, started my internship. And when you look. Uh, to the left and to the right of a comparison between the chiropractic profession and the medical profession, they're pretty they're pretty toe to toe. The difference is we focus more on on the spine and the nervous system and natural remedies, and they focus more on drugs. Well, listen, you know what? Going through the school that you just talked about is no easy feat. I mean, you can't you know you can't get through courses. I mean, even as an undergrad, you know, if you have to take physics and physiology and chemistry and all of that kind of stuff and get high grades in order to get into chiropractic college, I mean, you can't be dumb. <laughs> no, no, I, I got I got to tell you, Cindy, I couldn't do it twice. No, it, was, I'm it, sure. it was not an easy feat. No, I'm sure, and I think that you know people should really understand what the educational requirements are. You're not graduating from, you know, an undergraduate school without having this course load that's brutal, and then you have to go through three years of school, which I'm sure is just as brutal, if not worse. So, you know, let's think twice before we call a chiropractor or a quack. Now, listen, we have to wrap up, and I know that you're saying, "Oh my God, I thought I had another hour." We have to. Go. So say the name of your website one more time so everybody can hear. It's www.SchaeferChiropracticCenter.com. We thank you for educating America. We hope people tune in and become more health aware. And I really hope people really start to think about what kinds of prescribed drugs they're taking and make an effort to wean themselves off before it gets too late. I thank you for joining the show. You were a fantastic guest, and I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. Well, you were a fantastic host. Thank you. Well, thank you, Dr. Schaefer, and... And we will talk to you again real soon. Thank you, Cindy. Okay.